Hi, this is Ricky Stewart, and if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight, not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And you are listening to the podcast, formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest store in buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? No, never. And we come to you with the extremely dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum. Uh, get online and get engaging with people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do and talking about people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And that's a lot, isn't it? isn't it? Heaps. Yeah, it is. Heaps. Um, You should come in and get your LPs, your CDs, your T-shirts, all sorts of clothing and paraphernalia from the people at Landspeed Records because they do love the Canberra as much as you do and they also love the Audio Technica gear they supply here. It's absolutely wonderful and a great sponsor of our show. Now, normally, Blarko, normally we are joined by Heather Locklear all the way from the west coast of... uh, uh, where is that country? United States. United States yeah. of America, but not today. Not today. It he, seems like he's sat down. He, he got a better offer. He's got a better offer. Um, he said, uh, and I quote, I don't want to hang out with you clowns anymore. You both make me sick. Um, I'm not sure really what he's getting at there. Maybe it's subtle. Maybe there's something missing that message I didn't understand, but he will not be joining us today. Hopefully he's back for next week, because next week is, of course... The 100th episode. The 100th episode. You know, between me taking weeks off, getting COVID, yeah. whatever else, we, we've, we've finally managed to get to Your lack episodes. of commitment to this show has been oh, it's, it's, by all. No, it's, I'm the most committed of all to this show. But really? when we started out the first few years, we, we were a bit more sporadic too. So it's taken us a while to... Sporadic, that's an interesting term. It's taken us a while to get up to the, to the 100 mark. But speaking of uh, the show, subscribe on iTunes, subscribe on Spotify. That way you won't miss an episode. And you don't want to miss an episode. You no. really don't, because this is where the cutting edge analysis comes in. Isn't that right, Blarko? Exactly. It is. It's cutting edge. It's absolutely cutting edge. We've got some news. We do so, have much some news. news. so much news. Probably the biggest news to have come out of, of Camp Raider mm. in the week is um, something that actually, I've got to say, took me a bit by surprise. Mm. I didn't see coming. Brett White is packing up and leaving after I mean he's been here as a player and a coach now when did he come about 2012 no 2009 2010 I think oh it was post when when did when did Melbourne Storm have the salary cap scandal was that 2009 2009, yeah so he's he's been here since 2010 he's either been a player or a coach that entire time time. he's a hell of a nice bloke too from Cooma yeah Berrydale actually specifically but he played but Cooma's the local um, the local team uh, so he played he played for Cooma but yeah, so, but bears that's really the distinction between Cameron and Queenby, and I mean, it's really the same freaking place, isn't it? Baradale's probably what's well, Baradale's pretty much right between um, Coomer and Jindabyne. It is it's pretty it's much. Right I wouldn't between. say they're right in between. I would say Baradale's closer to Jindabyne. Anyway, we quibble, but yeah, he's 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 packing up and going. Yeah, he is. He is. And um, look, it's a bit of a concern because now um, we've lost Andrew McFadden, we've lost Brett White, we've lost uh, Jeremy Hicksman. Who was the you know the, the high performance manager or whatever else, and also Kelly Egan, the recruitment manager, 
I mean, Sam Williams can't do all those jobs. I mean, he's, he's very capable. Just let him try. <laughs> let him try. See, this is the thing you're missing about Sammy. He'll give it his best shot in any of those roles whatsoever. So, you know, you, you, you try and drag him down all the time, Narc, but he'll he'll rise. On, on a serious note, though, who do we who do we anticipate? Who's going to come in? Who do we think will be brought in? You know, I mentioned uh, a few weeks ago on the show the possibility that we could maybe look at um, bringing Trent Barrett. I was thinking that we could bring in Trent. And you absolutely shot me down and ridiculed me and said it was the worst idea yeah. I've ever had. Yeah. But he's actually gone to Parramatta as their attack coach. Yeah, effective which, immediately. Which tells me that I'm completely right. What earth? Yeah, anyway, no, it just wouldn't. I, mean, I wasn't saying that he should be head coach, but he's still highly regarded as, as an assistant and working with, with the attack of the sides. I mean... Bulldogs are going a lot better since he left, but they've kind of they well they had that immediate sort of you know um, upswing when you get rid of a coach that sometimes happens, but they they've kind of they look like, out they a look bit, like a, out a bit lately. They look and look, it's really easy, you know, it is really easy for us to sit here on the sidelines to throw spanners and say this bloke can't, that bloke can't. Obviously, he's got skills. Obviously, yeah. he does. Obviously, he has a lot to offer, and things haven't worked out for him twice. For us to sit here and say, well, he's obviously... Well, no, no, you go, you go, you go, a bit rich. You go on what people say and what people in the game and actually know, because it's like, is Brett White a good assistant coach? I don't know. I don't know. I don't mean, know, no, so, no, and I don't right, know and right. what he did. What we do know is it hasn't worked out for Trent, but two times. And yeah, maybe but he's I not was, coming here, so that was no, one that Maybe was I was a bit harsh in my assessment, is what I'm saying. Who do you think is a realistic chance of coming here? And I've actually got a couple of names that have popped into my mind, and they're probably... Like, when I say the first one, it's probably going to be met with a, a fairly resounding collective groan from Raiders fans. Mm. Simon Wolford. He's one, someone I could definitely see coming in. He's currently at Paramount Eels. He's been at Newcastle Knights. He did quite well. He went over to the UK. He was a coach over in Super League. He's someone I could see coming back and, and working with Ricky. And Because um, it's all about who, like, you know, Ricky has his mates and he has people that he doesn't get on with. It's got to be someone that he gets on with. So he would be a possibility, I think, to come back. And maybe, you know, it's 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 all it's all the go for... Um, there's a lot of banging and crashing outside there. There is. There is. There's a lot of <laughs> action here near the filthy storeroom. It's, it's, it's all... It's all the rage for um, for coaches to work with their sons at the moment, the NRL. So, you know, the, the chance for Simon to come and work with his son... I imagine would hold quite a lot well, of appeal. Well, one of the people that I would immediately be looking at, if I was looking at any of the ones, would be Mick Potter. Yeah. Just from a starter, because, you know, like, regardless of whether Trent's good or bad, you can see that Mick Potter's got rubber on the road straight away. The other one is someone we was here before, and is very popular with Ricky, um, is Dean Pay. Yeah, Dean Pay. He's still out there. But I know, and I know the club has... Um, Wheels in motion. They already have ideas. I have. I don't know what they are, but I know. I've got another one again that people may not be that excited. I mean, what name could I throw up that people are going to be excited about? I've got another name I want to throw up that people again probably aren't going to be too excited about. Nathan Brown. He's got a long association with Ricky. He was the one, one that he actually, also gone to Para. Nathan Brown. No, he's, he's not anywhere at the moment. I he just he's did. Want, no, he just didn't want to go to. That's there's a Nathan Brown that plays at Parramatta. No, I had a feel. Oh, I could be wrong. No, could he's be not. Wrong. He's maybe it was a joke like the uh, Sam Williams one you put out the other day. Maybe it was a troll. Someone trolled <laughs> me and I believed it. Maybe someone trolled me and I believed it. But Nathan, I, I wouldn't be surprised because he was actually the person that recommended Josh Hodgson to Ricky. So yeah. when when he was coaching in the Super League, he recommended a few players to Ricky to well, have a look at. Well, another person that Ricky gets along very well with, who's in between jobs at the moment and has credentials, is Mary McGregor. Yeah, 
um, also, um, and highly regarded by He's players. somewhere, though. I thought he went somewhere. I don't know where he is at the moment, but he... They, he was in the New South Wales camp, definitely. They got on very well. And look, I mean, not that Des is in between jobs at the moment, but he and Ricky get on well. Um, they do. I know people don't won't believe that, but they really do. They get along well. Um, <laughs> it'd be, it'd be scintillating, uh, scintillating conversations between those two, wouldn't it? I, I, you can't to be hear a fly it. on the wall. You, you can't hear it, but it, it's animated. <laughs> and there was smiling and stuff like this, and there was genuine... They, oh. they enjoyed seeing each other. Yeah, there was no question. And you've seen it before. Um, it's like uh, I watched it a few years ago, David Ferner and Jeff Tooby, like, and there was clearly a good friendship there. You see them, and, and Trent Barrett and Ricky Stewart definitely have seen that before. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of camaraderie. Speaking of Dave Ferner, he's one another one that could have been a possibility, but it's just been announced today that he's going to be joining uh, Tim Sheens at the Tigers. Yeah, right. Yeah, but I I would have thought that it had always because it always seemed a possibility to me that that David Ferner would return to the club one day in assistant coaching capacity, and there's almost now been enough. I would have thought water under the bridge. Well, uh, I mean, really, uh, of from when he was here till now, what have we got? We've got Jack White and Josh Papali'i and Jared Croker. That's it, and that's it. Yeah, and that's it. All the all the any player detractors or whatever. Because even Rappenau, although he. Um, was sort of instrumental in, in Rappenau coming to the club. Rappenau's pretty much played by Ricky, under Ricky the whole time. All his, yeah, all his yeah. first grade games have been in the yeah, Ricky yeah. Stewart era. I know, I wouldn't mind any of those options at the moment. And I know they've got stuff in mind, but I know the number one thing that the Raiders are looking at now, more than anything else, the number one position that needs filling is Peter Mulholland's. Well, interestingly enough, I actually listened to... Um, Ben Pollock on the Green Machine podcast. I had words to Ben about going on the Green Machine podcast, <laughs> and that uh, I was relatively disgusted by it. He said they asked and you didn't, and I said, "Well, I did go to Blake and Heather and and the boys and put up, and they said no, we've already got enough of corporate speak coming from you, <laughs> so we don't want another corporate mouthpiece coming through." Anyway, he was highly offended by that. Well, who cares? Who cares? Anyway, um, oh, what, and he wanted me to reiterate that you are not invited to the Minga Medal. I don't want to go. Oh, I don't you, oh, want to you go. don't want to go now. I never, right. I never wanted to go. No, you never. Wanted I never to go. wanted to go. No, I never okay. wanted to be like sell out my soul, my opinions, you know, my freedom of speech for a bloody chicken Kiev and and some cans of Great Northern Lager or whatever the hell they drink in Raiderland. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sell out myself. You're right. You're not. Yeah, your, your spirit is pure, is that what you're saying? Your spirit is pure. Okay, when, that's when, good. When, look, when we started this podcast, you <laughs> promised me that if I, if I, you know, didn't... If didn't, you towed the party line. Yeah. Did you, have you towed the party line? I towed the party line. Have you towed the party line? I towed the party line largely up until the um, High Performance Centre opening debacle. <laughs> and then, was, and then the gloves. And then the, widely seen as debacle. And then like, the gloves were off. I took the gloves off. I went right. I'm coming out swinging now. I'm right. not holding back anymore. Right. It's well documented on the show. Long time <laughs> listeners would be aware of this. Right. Long term listeners. Yeah, hi, mum. By the way. Hi, okay. Mom. No, I'm but what, oh, you've, I've totally forgotten what I was going to say now. Now, so yeah, what Ben Pollock? What, no, no. What Ben Pollock <laughs> said was, although Peter Mulholland, although Peter Mulholland um, had incredible contacts and did a lot of work. In fact, a lot of the scouting work is done by the um, reserve grade coach. Peter... What's his name? Joe is the reserve grade coach. Okay, what's his name? Joe... I can't think of his last name. It starts with C. Is it something Italian sounding? Yeah, it's something Italian. I just can't think. Hang on. It'll be my thing. I'll search it up. Hang on. It's just Joe. Carboni. 
Joe Carboni. Yeah, he said that Joe Carboni is the guy that actually Sorry, pours Joe. through... I'll edit this bit. It's Joe Carboni is the guy that pours through hours and hours and hours of every, you know, Jersey flag, regional carnival, blah, blah, blah. So although Peter Mahon is a tremendous, irreplaceable loss, a lot of that groundwork is still going on. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, now, so was now, I was thinking for our 100th episode coming up and just thinking about uh, Derek and Clive because I can see one just over there in the, uh, in the yeah. filthy storeroom. Is we get just really drunk. Maybe we get really drunk and do the hundredth episode. See see how it goes. And I uh, just want to make clear that we haven't done that yet. Um, Matthew, uh, on the other hand, yeah, Matthew, on the other hand, has. He it's has. Uh, you know sometimes it's quite late yeah, in yeah, LA. It by is the time very we're late. It is very late. Now, what other news do we have apart from Brett White? Uh, in other news, the Canberra Stadium uh, Civic Stadium dream is officially dead and buried. Andrew Barr's come out today or yesterday and said it's not happening. Um, disappointed I'm disappointed I'm not entirely shocked but I'm disappointed I mean we've had a lot of sort of things obstacles come up against the the would-be you know Civic Stadium there's been Mr. Fluffy COVID trams all these other things have been priorities and it it felt like you know the the money to be spent on a stadium in Civic was was kind of going to be trouble to find and in the last couple of years I think there's kind of been a a move away post-pandemic from governments investing you know, massive fortunes in, in stadiums. We've seen it in New South Wales, they're cutting back the funding, and yeah, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So if we do get a new stadium, it's either going to be at the Bruce Stadium precinct, or it's going to be at where the um, exhibition... What's it called? Exhibition Park? Oh, yeah. Where they have summer nets? Yeah, because that's owned by the ACT government. Well, at least so they want the to do it, line. Well, the, yeah, exactly, and that's the argument. It's still not sexy. It still doesn't excite me. I mean, the idea of going, finishing work and going to have a beer and then walking straight to a stadium is mm. what you want. I mean, and that brings so much life to a city, you know, and, and to business and, and everything else. Yeah, well, stuff's overtaken. Look, and the issue here is, while I really want, you know, I'd loved us to have an indoor 40,000-seater stadium that also doubled up as a concert venue and an exhibition venue, like, could do all those yeah. things in the centre of Civic. I personally want it on top of City Hill, but I know It's not going to fit. It does. Well, it, the it, point... It, it actually does fit. No, it um, doesn't fit. I've measured it out. It actually does fit. The I knew you were going to come they put this. all these residential sites on either side, so it's not going to be allowed for noise. That's why it's not going to happen. Well, anyway, it's not going to happen at the um, Civic Pool site because in order to move, um, like, Parks Way or something and race, it's going to cost an absolute Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, that, but that's, that, that's the major thing we've got going against us. There is the oval, uh, North Oval over in Turner. That's a site, but then you've got houses right next to it, so you can't just bring those things... In it, it's a very difficult thing, and you've got the National Capital Authority who owns Commonwealth Park and all that land there. So years ago, before the Raiders actually moved to Bruce Stadium, there was actually a move to have them set up in Braddon, where the training centre is now. Because mm. that's you know what's that North Bonnet? What's that oval called? In Braddon, where they are now. Yeah. Oh, like Braddon Oval, I thought something like that. Well, I mean, there is one other option that people never seem to think about, but is really quite a clear option. Go back to Queanbeyan. Take it back to the heartland. Take it back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always that. No, um, Marnica Oval. We do own that. It is already an investment. It's already there. So what if you actually take Marnica Oval that you do it and actually make you know, it into a cake tin a la you know, the Wellington Stadium? where it's multi-purpose, it's got cricket, it can have AFL, it can have rugby league in it. Is it the most perfect solution? No. But it's actually, you know... It holds less... Like, Marnica Oval has a smaller... You make it... You you want a rectangular stadium. You don't want to play... Have a field in the middle of an oval. 
do you want a new oval or not? I'm coming up with an actual practical option, and you're just shooting it down like the narc that's you are. That's that's a terrible option. Oh, it's a terrible option that's because terrible. you didn't come. I up think with it'll it. end up it'll end up being either through the convention center or back at Bruce and somewhere where they'll just basically knock something down and, and start again. But the Queen an option if John Barillaro was still <laughs> he was still in power. Who knows what money he'd find to put the Raiders back in Queen Yeah, once more I'd like to remind you that we here at Black and the Pork don't necessarily endorse the comments you're not, of other you're, people on the show. You're not allowed to make political statements as an employee of the government. I'm not at liberty to make a comment along those lines. Yeah. Uh, what other news do you have for us? Because we should probably start talking about football instead of crap. Um... Big Red got a haircut. He did get a haircut. It was quite scary. It was quite scary up close when he was doing that. It was actually like, uh, it was like something. It's a bit weird. Like, it's a, yeah, it's a bit weird when your brand is Big Red. You don't then go like cut your hair off. Like he's finally just building up to something. And then the story goes, he got a mohawk and it looked so appalling. That's exactly he had what no happened. Joke. Yeah, he got a mohawk and they had to get rid he of it. He should have stuck with it. I don't <laughs> think he was allowed. Really? Yeah, I have a feeling it was an instruction as opposed to anything else. I, Come on. The, the story I heard was he got a mohawk and it wouldn't cut the mustard, and so the rest had to go. Yeah. Well, that did not look good. He played good. Yeah, that was that was the good thing. Um, so it's talk- already growing back. I saw him interviewed at that. He was at the media day or whatever yesterday. Yeah, yeah. And he's already he's got a bit of an orange fuzz back on top of his head. He's, so he's been groomed for leadership, Big Red. He's been groomed. Really? For no. <laughs> but he's been put up in front of the cameras more than a couple. No, because as, so. as I said, he's surprisingly he's surprisingly articulate. Like I was totally uh, yeah. shocked. He's and, pretty and, fun, and not yeah, undoubtedly. And not only that, um, much like yourself, he enjoys a glass of Pinot Noir. Or did you oh, see that mate, photo? Who doesn't like a Pinot Noir? <laughs> I would have thought he was just like cans of Forex and OP Bundy rum, but no, he's there. That's no, a no, no, no. There's all sorts it. of stuff in the dressing room after the game. There's there's reds, there's whites, there's bubblies, sparklings. There's... Really? Do they show it to you and then say, you can't have any of this? No. I, when I'm, you take what you choose, really. I mean, it's option. There's burgers. There's all sorts of stuff in there. It's great. Um, no, no, but no, he's, he's a cultured man, Big Red. He's a cultured man. I just want you to know Surprisingly. Surprisingly. You're, talk, you're talking him down. It's not cultured. It's not, you think they're all slamming Coca-Cola after match or something. Right, we should talk about the Seagulls win. We should. Because it was actually enjoyable. You know, I said to this to the coach oh, after the one match. More, one more exciting piece of news. Yeah, right. The Raiders by 56 beanies have shipped. Oh, my goodness. Just in time for Father's Day. When's Father's Day? Is uh, it this, like next... This Sunday. <laughs> it's this Sunday. Not, Not in, in time. time. <laughs> <laughs> in time for Father's Day too. But they're on, the, they're, on, they're on the way to me. They'll be with me any day. So as soon as I get them, I'll take photos of them and I'll list them online and we'll post the links. And, and look, if we got all our kicks on the weekend, the Raiders would have scored 56. I know. Would have scored 56. Would have scored 56. Do you know what the score was in the jersey flag? Uh, I can't remember. Raiders got 56, man. Did they? Yeah, they got 56. And... If Rapido just got that last kick just at, at, after full time, it would have been Raiders by 50 to 6, which would have been pretty cool as well. Yeah, I was a bit more concerned that Rapa was taking those kicks because it's, it's more of a, a commentary on the hamstring of Jamal Fogarty. Now, it didn't look too bad. Yeah. But the fact that he was choosing not to kick, it tells me there's, there's a niggle there. And, yeah. you know, I've been calling for our Jamal to lift for quite a while now. I think I'm now seeing what people are talking about. He really is in that mode where he is running the side around and directing it and doing stuff rather than himself being an attacking weapon. He's not taking that role. And I, I really saw... No, he was, I thought that was his best game by yeah, far. In the Manly game, I actually saw that control people have been talking about and the value of it. Now, admittedly, we were up against a side that was... I mean, I saw Des Hasler introducing himself to his winger pre-game, you know, 
because you know he had yeah. met him before, and you know there was well, their right edge, um, which was right in front of me where we had all our success in the yeah. first half, was pretty diabolical with um, Ben Trevojevic and yeah, whoever that. Oh, that, they just they just went at Trevojevic again and again and again. Yeah. And Daily Cherry Evans was coming out constantly lend support in there, and they were at one thing I did notice they were terrified of Hudson Young. In that particular try, the first one to Rapa, where Jack cuts out. Oh, the cat ball, yeah. Three people went on on Hudson, knowing it was going to be for him, and that's why he was able to stroll across Rapa untouched, because they all knew it was going to be Hudson, and it wasn't. So that's good. People are sweating. There is an attacking option people are sweating on. And it wasn't Whiten they were sweating on. It was Hudson Young, which is... But that's a, that's looking like a, you know, that's looking... Obviously, that a poor defensive edge for um, yeah, Manly yeah. but that's looking like a very lethal attacking it's side for starting us. to warm up uh, and, and Seb and, and, Chris has really gone up yeah, yeah, another level as he, well there was one particular run where he didn't go that far where he shot off the mark at such high speed you know a guy at 110 kilos running that fast and I don't think he's that big he might be 100 he's a big like I wouldn't want to bloody try I mean he's not Mel Meninga but he's not that far behind it he shot off and while he got taken down it was a hardcore 10 metres he was straight to his foot feet the guy who brought him down sure as hell wasn't quick play the ball and we caught carnage after it that's the sort of thing where he's really adding value because when he hits those he might not be going through but he got to drag two people in a la you know old Terry Cam- uh, Terry Campisi was doing you know like you might bring him down but you've called three people in and all of a sudden if you get a quick play the ball you've got a hole and that's where he was doing good and if we were able to capitalise that at dummy half, these things would really be a good thing. But, you know, it was a pity we didn't get 50. We missed four conversions, but the team is starting to get into gear. But one thing I did notice, and I'd noticed the week before as well with Newcastle, the attack of the opposition sides, I've been watching it for a while, but I'm certain of it now, they're going for the chunk in the line, which is Fogarty, Whitehead, Timoko. They're going into it, right? So they're looking at uh, at Whitehead, and they're nervous about Whitehead, right? So they're going in. And what they do is they play towards Fogarty and Whitehead gets nervous about covering Fogarty and then they instantly change and go outside Whitehead because then they're trying to get, get his lateral. At which point, Timoko's watching that and comes in as well and that's when they do the cutout and score on the wing mm. because they bring it in. And that is a play that Manly tried. That's a play that Newcastle tried with great effect and everyone's going to be trying that one as well. I know the Raiders are aware of it, but watching them go at it and go at it and go at it relentlessly yeah. was it. It was really it's been identified. They backed off on Xavier Savage. That was everyone was going for him, trying to expose him. The bombs pressure him on the kick. He's finding his front. He's not dropping the bombs, and people are now starting to find out when he gets it, he's making an extra ten meters and other people because he's fast. Yeah. So they're starting to go back to the corners again. Yeah. How good? I mean, how good was it when? Um... Hudson Young did the ball, then Jack White in the break, and then got the ball to Xavier Savage, and we finally got to see him, you know, in some open space. And the crowd just started cheering as soon as Savage got the ball because they knew that yeah, he no, no, it's going to mind you the chase from the Olakoatu. Olakoatu, that was impressive stuff. I didn't realise who it was, and I thought, well, that was a. I I think Jack would have made it. Personally, I don't think I like R2. I think he had another four or five steps before, before oh. Jack was going to pull away. But Jack just went, yeah, I'm not going to do this. I'm yeah. going to keep my hands. That's what the kid's for. <laughs> That's what the kid's for, and he did it. It was it was very good. I think one of the moments um, that actually upset me was, because um, I think it would have been the best try, was the one that Tom Starling bombed. Yeah, I've, I've gone back and watched that again, and, and although you know I was pretty upset with Tom Starling at the time, um, the pass was a little bit behind him. 
Yeah, I know. But having said that, had that try been scored, that would have been the nicest try for the season. That would have been... Instead, the Javier one is probably the nicest yeah. try for the season. Um, but, you know... Well, when I, was the last time we went length of the field? I mean, probably we probably have not that long ago. But oh, it was a really good pick-up, too. That's what I liked about that. It was really... And one thing, too, was... Um, I know we a lot of people slag off Ash Klein all the time. There was a couple of times in that match where he didn't blow a whistle because he was waiting to see what happened first. And in those cases, it actually led to good attacking football as opposed to stopping to have a look at something where he wasn't sure whether he was right. And it turned out it wasn't a stoppage. So ups for him on that one. Um, and Fogarty getting his first try, notably off the pork tactic of kicking the ball as hard as you can into an opposition <laughs> player and watching it rebound. Second time this season, second time it's been a try. So come on. You know? It's you find, I'll have to pay that one. You finally got something right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's look, it's, it's taking off. Look, um, and look, talking to the shoe man um, pre-match and just checking that he wasn't too irritated being called the shoe man, he said, no, nah, he's all right with it and his dad loves it. So, you know, when you are around and you see Frawley Shoes and Civic just up from Landspeed Records, go in and give them your service because this is a good Canberraian business here, right here. Keep your money local and support the Canberraiders. Keep your money green, okay? The shoe man tells you to get down there and do it. That's what I say. Um, the Raiders review with Blake and the Pork Man of the match. Look, there was some great people in there. So I thought Seb Chris looked good. Javier looked good. Horse and Gula were really good because when they came on... yeah. There was no drop-off. There was no drop-off whatsoever. And Manly's, when theirs came on, there was drop-off. Yeah. And there was. And that, that really puts now that thing. Now that Gula, I mean, Gula's been incredible, you know, since he's come back into the side. Yeah, he's really and the, the big thing that's really stood out for me and everyone else is the fact that at the start of the year, we were saying that he was good for one of those um, sloppy play the balls every mm. single game. Yeah. He'd have at least one of those in a handing error every single game. I can't recall him making a single mistake since he's come back into the side. Oh, you have just mocked him. That is the worst <laughs> mock of all time. No, he's been really good. But I think... And that one-two punch now that we have of... of you look at as a prop rotation. I mean, it'll get even better once Elliot Whitehead goes, just into, goes into it, goes in the front row. But as a prop rotation, Papali'i, um, Tarpany, Gula and Horsburgh, is there a better one in the NRL right now? I don't believe there is. I think that's it. I yeah. That's the best one. And I mean, other sides might, but with injuries, no, ours is definitely the best one. Yeah. At the moment, I'm, I'm very happy with it. But I do think getting the $20 man of the match is once more two weeks in a row, Hutto. Yeah, I was going to give it to Jamal Fogarty because I think that he'd done enough. I mean, it was nice to see Hudson Young rewarded with Nelly Shaw. I was surprised um, that he was the one that came off and not Whitehead. I was because, certain it was Whitehead until Hutto yeah, came off. Yeah, because again, like. 50 minutes in, Whitehead's on his haunches for like half of a set and he got through the game. He got through the game. He got through the game, but he again, he, he looks like at 80 minutes is, is a bit they of a stretch. They didn't score through him either. No, but I mean, it was kind of, it was it was an unusual Yeah, I know. Well, so what, is it Jamal or is it Hutto? Uh, we can give it to Hutto. Um, I'm a kaggy with Jamal. I actually, I didn't mind it. He Two $20 vouchers. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Hutto and Jamal, we'll call it. You're both getting one this week. You just come in, see Grumpy Byron, and say, um, where's my voucher? And uh, you can pick up uh, Joe Tarpanay's $2,000 worth that are underneath the counter as well. Before they expire. Before they expire. <laughs> which will be mysteriously five minutes before you got here. <laughs> Whenever that might be. Um, but, you know, there were some things that uh, annoyed me on the weekend. And you might say they ground my gears.
You know what really grinds my gears? Do you know what grinds my gears, Blake? Mm, no. You don't know what grinds my gears. Everything. Yeah, no. Pens what? that don't click. Oh, I haven't clicked my pen yet. <laughs> I know what grinds your gears. Um, what grinds my gears is, and I enjoyed the match on Friday night between the Storm and the Roosters. I did. I really did enjoy it. I thought it was a good match. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it because I didn't care who beat each other up. It was good. I was going for the Roosters. I really. It's one of those things where who do you dislike more? When it comes to, down to it, there's no one I dislike more than the Storm. And I was going for the Roosters, and I was quite enjoying the fact that they were giving it to the Melbourne Storm. And, mm. the, and the fact that it was in Storm territory as well, and there were people banging cowbells, and that kind of inspired me even more. Right. Well, that said... The, the Victor Radley KO. Oh, my God. That was horrible. That was shocking. That was shocking. And people were having a go at Nine for going in on it. No, Nine went into it. He started shuddering. They went to a wide shot, and then they got away from it. So they, as soon as they realised they weren't Because he for... wasn't initially um, convulsing. No, he, was, uh, he was out cold, yeah. which was like, oh, my God, he's out cold. And then he started convulsing. I was like, yeah, yeah. oh. I, I but did... you kind of... Yeah, I don't know about no. whether people say you shouldn't show because you kind of should sort of see what... You know, no. I think they were right to go away. As soon as they realised, you could almost see it. As soon as they realised what was going on, they pulled out and then they went away from it and they gave him the privacy of that moment until it was safe to to go back in because that was that was pretty confronting. Um, and while you know neither of you or I could be described as Roosters fans, um, gee, you don't want to see that happen to anyone. And no. Victor Radley, amongst many things, is never boring. No, he's never boring. He's one of those guys that you're not going to be bored by Victor Radley. You're not. Well, that's why we, you know, we would have liked to have seen him in Origin because you know, and he's not going to play now because he's going to play for England. But he yeah, would have, yeah. he, Origin would be a more interesting spectacle. But you got to worry about his his head injury status because he's that's got true. a history. But what grinds my gears, right? Going back to the grind my gears, is that once more Nelson Asafa Solomona and Jerry Hargraves carried on like A grade thugs, circa early eighties, late seventies sort of thug play. Forearms, all sorts of crap. See, I have a lot stuff. more respect for JWH because he is just an old school thug. And yeah. there's something admirable about that. He's a throwback. Whereas Nelson Asafa Solomona, I just is my least favourite player now. Well, he is the biggest grub in the grubbiest of all teams. And he's smashing his elbow into like little yeah. hookers and 18 year old wingers and stuff. JWH is going straight after Nelson Asafa Solomona. And whether or not you like the little chin butt or that that head facial, at least he's going after the biggest and scariest bloke on the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but standing up to him. My issue is, and I actually agree with you on this, my God, this day in 2022, I agree with you on something. But the issue is, they both got fines. Fifth time for Nass this season. It was it third or fourth for JWH? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I think it was third for JWH. I, the, whole, the whole way... If that had it been a Raiders player... They would have had them on the trolley with a Hannibal Lecter mask on and taken them out to Anthrax Island. They would have had them in the stocks in the city square throwing fruit at them. But somehow those guys get through. Yeah. And it's a disgrace. And Ruppin gets like multiple weeks for things. And... and then you look at Lindsay Collins in the same match. He's gone for four weeks for a hip drop in that, which I looked at and I went, okay, I see what you're getting at, but you're sending him off for four weeks. And Asafa Solomona is clearly coming down on a prone player with a forearm and gets a fine again. It's a disgrace. Cameron must have got a please gears. explain letter or whatever. A, a concerning act letter. Didn't even get a fine. Oh, so you grab someone's scrotum like um, Proctor did on <laughs> Rapana. No, he elbowed... Um, he elbowed... Uh, 
what's his name in the head? The, um, oh yeah, I saw that. Oh yeah, yeah, the Sam Walker. Sam Walker, yeah, yeah, what Sam Walker? He's that, up was, well. that was unnecessary too, you know. Yeah. But he got a letter; he didn't get a fine. But the problem is that they've they're, so they've redone all the punishments this year, and so although we're so concerned about you know concussion and head injuries and everything else, they've made all the penalties this year too lenient. Yeah, for well, everything. Those two going through, I, I just find yeah, it, it grinds my gears. It disgusts. It disgusts me. So, it's time for Ask Clown of the Week! <laughs> and I'm going to go with the MRC. You're a pack of freaking clowns. You are a pack of ass clowns. This season, the way you've gone through it, what you've graded, what you haven't graded, and the fines you come down, I, I mean, seriously, do you, are you just throwing darts at a board? And if it's, you know, a certain team, you know, you throw darts that don't even make the board? I don't know. I don't know, but you're a pack of ass. Yeah, the problem, and the, you're the, my the, ass clown of the week. The problem is that they're all ex-players, and like we've got to get ex-players in there because they have a feel for the game. Yeah, but try Let's and get... find out who they are. Search on the NRL website, to find out who's no, on the MRC. No, it's Patton, isn't it? Who knows? It is. They keep it hidden from you. No, it's Patton. Go, the go, general. Yeah, you go have a look. It was Butner at one stage. No, it's the general. I'm yeah, sure. But, of it, but I'm sure the, it's the, the, But I would you actually think have... this piece of information would be publicly available. Who's on the MRC? No, they keep it. You would think the operations manual would be publicly available. No, they hide it. They don't want you to know shit. Anyway, so we've got these people who are making decisions and, and you can't even know who they are and they don't have to stand up in front of you. We just get Graham Annesley once a week, passing off whatever freaking half-hour story we got and we roll on to the next one and everyone then forgets that it was just a sham of an organisation. Anyway, they're my ass clowns. Who's your ass clown? Um, so, I've already said Nelson of Solomona. He's my ass clown. Um, one, of, one of my two main ones for this week. But yeah, he's, he's a grub. He's an absolute grub. But not only is he a grub, he's a cat. Because, like I said, at least um, say what you want about JWH, and he did, you know, elbow that um, Fulton kid, whatever it was, against Manly. But he generally goes after the biggest and bad. Whether it's Burgess, he goes after. It's Nelson Asof Solomon. He goes. He goes after the biggest and baddest mm-hmm. forward in the other team. Whereas Nelson Asof Solomon is just going after, but he just yeah, busts Egan's teeth and. He's yeah. just a cat. No, no, I don't like him at all. I don't. The like other him. one, I, the other one I, I, I've got in here is um, Josh Alloway, a who, lawyer. Uh, sorry, a lawyer. I got taken to school by um, Josh. Josh, by a lawyer. A lawyer. I got taken to school. Not by... Not uh, No, not. I did make that joke. She didn't find it funny. <laughs> uh, I got schooled on all the the manly names prior to the match by an official from Manly. Oh, right. Actually, talked me through them. She thanked very much the ABC for we actually care and try and get it right. Yeah. So what were the other ones? Uh, it was the the debutant winger. Okay. I'm not even going to attempt it because you know me. I'll just make an absolute. But it was a lawyer. She was very clear on really a lawyer. Yeah, there, you, there go. you go. But anyway, yeah, he he carrying on at the end of the game, trying to pick fights. I mean, he's barely done anything the whole match, and then what on full time, mm. he's trying to pick a fight with Jordan Rapina, like one of the most beloved players. In the game, you know, it's a, very a rare you just... have a player that is so loved across different teams <laughs> where people say, Oh, I don't like that team, but at least they got Jordan Rapiner, so I can't, you know, argue against it. It's like, and he really he's a uniter, a uniter of people, Geordie Raps. He makes he brings support to the green from other clubs that normally wouldn't because he his charisma and his fair play. He, he does this. I hate Joe Croker, I hate Jack White, but. Yeah. Jordan Rappiner, something about him. Just, he brings yeah. he brings me around. Sammy William, he's a mug, but Jordan Rappiner, he's he's the best of people. He's the best of people. So yeah. hard but fair. Hard. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Plays but, the game as it should be played. Yeah, he does. He does. So we got the team list for the West Tigers uh, this week. So we've made very little changes. We've got Javier at the back. 
we've got Nick Chotrich returning to the wing, replacing Albert Hopper. I think it's just back to Cottridge, isn't it? Oh, Nick Chotrich. I'm, that's where I'm <laughs> going to go with. We got Jordan Rapiner, the you know, and maybe we'll announce an award for you know, man of the people, the Swedish backpacker <laughs> award. There are no strangers here, just friends I've yet to meet. After Jordan Rapiner, we got Timiko and Seb Chris, who are really starting to do well. I'm surprised he didn't get nominated for the Ken Stevens medal this year. No, Rapiner, no Raider actually did. No, no, no so no one's done anything good off the field. We should do a you know a mail in for you know Jordan Rapiner to get recognised for his services to bring uniting the rugby league community <laughs> under the banner of happiness and friendship. Um, well, uniting them. <laughs> <laughs> Name him against him. Yeah. Well, he's still uniting, regardless of what he's doing. Um, we got uh, White and Fogarty. We just talked about really improving front row. Papa Fogarty Lee. set up a lot of the tries. His kicking game was absolutely on point. It was um, good. Jack White. If if sometimes if you said to him, if you could almost reverse, so like when he needs to kick the touch, ask him to try and kick a forty twenty. Yeah. And when he's like trying to kick or something, just just you know, just try and fool him and put him in different mode. Yeah, his first three kicks weren't fantastic, were they? Um, but you know, we won. Um, and then you've got Papali and Tarpane in the front row. You got Zach Wolford in between. Is there a better? Up. Is there a better front row? Uh, Getting around in the league, them. They're, they're right in the argument. There. You got it. Yeah, they are. You got RCG and Junior Paula. You got James Fisher, Harrison, Leota. You've got JWH and Lodge. Yeah, JWH on fire right now. Lodge. I mean, you know. The Roosters of all the clubs to buddy get have just fortune land in their lap. Yeah, I mean it's been quite ridiculous, hasn't it? Just yeah, getting it really large. Has. What a revelation he's been. He has been very, very good within that setup. Um, but I, I, I would out of all of those, I would still take Papa and, and Taps. Oh, yeah, you wouldn't trade them for for anyone. Um, and Taps is really starting to, I'm starting to be quite hopeful that we're going to retain him. It was very good seeing him, um, not against Tigers. What was the, the against uh, the Knights? Knights, him in, on, the, on the thing. Uh, in, the, in the press conference. But you weren't there for that one, were you? No, I wasn't. That was up in Newcastle. But I, I'm starting to get a vibe. I, I'm starting to feel hopeful about that. Which well, the is best good. thing about that was it looked as though he and Ricky were clearly um, getting on well. Yeah, no, I think... I think I'm very much hoping that's the case, but he's definitely Ricky's definitely getting on well with our second row of Hudson Young and Elliot Whitehead. That, those relationships are very good. And some course, people would worry that, in fact, the relationship with Whitehead might be too good. Really? Yes. Why, why would they worry about that? Well, that, that he might be um, maintaining a, a spot in the side based purely on you know Ricky's loyalty. Okay, 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 okay. So if you were going to take Elliot Whitehead out of the side, right? I'm not the, necessarily out of the squad. I'm not saying take who would come into his place. What would you do? Well, you'd have um, Corey Hudawiranara starting ahead of him, but I mean, defensively, that's it's it, this is this is the the difficult position we I find ourselves. I in. wouldn't have CHN over the top of Elliot Whitehead. I think Elliot's defence is better than CHN's. Yeah, and CHN's attack is vastly superior to Elliot Whitehead's attack, which is now virtually non non-existent. Well, he certainly um, had a big dip on the weekend. Yeah, but it's his tax. But I mean, yeah, there's no perfect solution. Look, I think the, moving the forward... The only, only way I could see that going forward is for the remainder of this season, Adam Elliott going into the second row. That's and, not going to happen. And no. CHN going to lock. No. Because he's not. not he, his deficiencies won't be exposed as that's much as That's not going to happen either. No, well, but that's the only way that I would do it. Otherwise, I'm keeping Elliott exactly where he is. Well, that's why I think that we've got to look for next year. I mean, you know, there's spots on the cap. There's spots on the roster. There's some. There's not as much money as people think, but there is some money on the cap. We've got to try and find another second rower. To bring into the club, yeah, I think a hooker as well. Hookers, but, are, uh, I'm not sure. There's no, I don't really think there's any necessary immediate upgrades on the hooker market that we could. We, we could I make. think there's a lot of good hookers out there, and there's a couple of places which have their backup hookers is pretty damn good, and we should be looking at that. The other one is um is is the thirteen. There are like 
Adam Elliott is a massive loss. He's a massive loss. And we but need I, someone. I have eyes on Trey Mooney. I know he's had a disturbed season. Or at a pinch out of Mariota for a completely different sort of uh, of lock. More your barnstorming thing. Could be more likely Big Red because he's got a bit more you know, ball play. Maybe, yeah, and he does. But yeah, you're right. Adam Elliott's he a went huge to 13 loss. When, a huge when Adam loss. Elliott left. But you know, then we got Tom Starling. It was um, interesting that um, when they had the post-match function at the end of the game, farewelling the departing players. Um, oh, Don, go. No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say what you think I'm going to say. Mm. But I can say it if you want me to say it. No, I don't want you to say it. I never want you to say it. Why would you say it? I, I hate even being associated what, with it. What I was going to say was that Don Ferner was saying that the whole time he'd still been trying to convince Adam Elliott. He couldn't believe Adam Elliott was leaving and he was still trying to convince him to backflip somehow. Yeah. So it's not just us that are hoping that, you know, miraculously he was going to backflip, but yeah, it looks well, like it's... there's only one way I can see that there'd be any backflip whatsoever. And if I he breaks he... up with Millie. One, <laughs> and I certainly hope that doesn't happen because they seem quite happy and it seems like quite a good couple. Um, from what I've seen, obviously, we don't know the inner workings of those things, but there may be something in his contracts that's tied to Adam O'Brien. The only way I can see that happening is if... Adam O'Brien is not getting the sack. He's, he's getting... He's, not getting the sack this year. Maybe yeah, I, next year. I, he I, might have six games next year or eight games next year. But that's it. That, that's, that's exactly why I don't think... And it, it, He's committed. He's going there. They've made their decision. They're doing that stuff. Um, Starling's on the bench in 14. Emre Gula in 15. Big Red in 16. And CHN in 17. So that's our side. Now, the West Tigers, this is a danger match. People don't see this for what it is. This is a big danger match. Now, they have been playing good football. They got robbed against North Queensland. I think we can all agree with that, with the video replay going out. They were playing good football in that match, good, expansive, energetic, committed football. Last weekend, very similar. They got run down by St. George, but there were a couple of decisions in there. They no, they probably the should have won that game. But They go the other way, they but win. But how did they go against the Roosters? Bloody diabolical! One of the worst performances of all time. Yeah, that was that was a different thing. But I think they they've tightened up. They've got that in there. Look, their side. They got Dane Laurie at the back. He's dangerous. He's a dangerous player. He's a good custodian. He's fast. He's got a pass. Um, he's reliable on the high ball, and he's good in last line of defence. I'm wondering they got Brent Naden, who scores tries now. He's settled down. He's scoring tries. And he's a loose he's, unit. Yeah, but we know he's got talent. He's a loose unit. On the other wing, Marmalo's back, and we know he's a good winger. He's good in the air, he's a strong player, and he's fast. So he's on the other wing. You've got Stafford Toa in the centres, along with Luke Garner. Now, whether or not Luke Garner's a fantastic centre or not, I don't know, but he's a solid defender. So we got that. In the halves, Adam Dewey's back, and the guy can play football. We know he can play football. He's a very good player. We've seen that since he was at South Sydney. So he's always a danger. Jock Madden has been preferred to Brooks, who's back from injury, but has not been selected in the side. Where's Brooks? He's cleared from injury. That's why their site said he was back for round 25, but he has not been selected. So maybe that's wrong. Tamo's playing his last match. Simpkins at hooker has started to make a fist of it and started to look good. You've got Offen Garway, who we know is a good player and means business. He's actually had... He's been one of the um, the better performers for the Tigers this year. Yeah, he has. We've got this new bloke, Tom Freeben, in there. Now, we watched him last week. He got a couple of tries. He got a couple of tries. There was a bit of looseness in, in defence, <laughs> but he, he was there and having a go. <laughs> We've got Tuolagi is the other second rower who's come into the, the spot um, vacated by Luciano uh, Leilua, who's gone up north. And then you've got New Brown, who's usually a hooker, but standing there at do you know the, Do you know the great story about New Brown? Have you ever heard the story? No. Uh, when, he was at, when he was at the Cronulla Sharks, um, 
he fell for an online uh, online scam where someone told him that um, if your iPhone is really low on power, what you do is you just stick it in the microwave for one second and it instantly <laughs> it instantly charges it back up the full. This is actually a Sydney Morning Herald article oh, <laughs> about about this about the story. So it doesn't recharge your no, iPhone. No, it, 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 it destroys it. <laughs> destroy, but the story does have a happy ending because he went into the um, Apple store wherever he was in Sydney and they actually gave him they gave him a new iPhone. Oh, True story, I'll post a link to it. Isn't that nice though? Okay, on the you got Pole on the bench in fourteen, we've got Musgrove in fifteen. But that's pretty much all I know about that's the the most interesting thing I know about New Tyrone Peachy's come in in sixteens. First match for ages. Is this his last match in the NRL? You know, because he's, he's someone he's that's really probably, been sitting on the extended bench and in Reggie's. He's someone that well, he's been shocking in the times I've seen him play for the Tigers. He's someone that and you know, if Flashback to this time last year, mm. and we were looking for a uh, sort of a ball playing lock. utility yeah. lock to play Volandi's ball. I actually said we should sign him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. obviously that was a, a, a terrible, a yeah, terrible. Well, he call. hasn't played well, but he's someone that I can really see going to the, to, to England and doing well. And you got Austin Diaz. So there I... was a photo that came out during the week, right? And it was like a reunion of all the Parramatta players that are playing in the Super League now. Yeah, right. It's like 12 of them or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Bevan, I saw Bevan French when I got on... Bevan French there. is killing it. Yeah, he's doing really well. He's killing it. Um, so that that's their side. Now, th- here's the thing, right? The stats all say that we should win against West Tigers because since Ricky took over in 2014, we've played them 11 times and only lost twice. Round 22, th- 2015 at Bruce. Oh, I remember that one. round 22, that extinguished our hopes of, at that, Bruce. That 2015 one? Yeah. That extinguished our hopes of making the finals that year. Now, both of those two were close, and they were at the end, and they both extinguished hopes of finals. Both of those two did, but they were both at home, right? The last time we played them at Leichhardt was the last round of 2016 with a magnificent um, Luciano, uh, sorry, Joey Leilua flip pass yeah. in the 52-10 win that catapulted us into Jack White and shoulder charge on Joel yep. Edwards. Yeah, that's right. I was there. And then, in round 7, 2015, we beat them 20-18. to 18. That was you know right at the beginning. So that's the last two times. But they've got Tamo Malmelo back. Offhand, Garway, Dewey, Madden, Naden, Laurie, all in good form. Um, they're going to attack. They've got nothing to lose. Yeah. This is the last match of the thing. And like the Seagulls in that match on the weekend, had they got a little bit more lucky in that match, they might have still had the intestinal fortitude but I think to you fight can, it I out. think it's, it's the same thing against the, the manly one with these sort of teams, that if you go hard, and hard enough, early enough, you can break their spirit. You and can, the floodgates will open. But... If they get their noses up, yeah. they can do stuff. They can score points. And they have shown they have... And yes, the Roosters flogging aside. Since um, the change, I, I don't think they've been that much of a rabble. And, and they're doing a good job. And they are a distinct danger. Since Supercoach Brett Cromorley took over. Oh, yeah, Supercoach. He's Brett available Cromorley. as an assistant coach next year. He is. Joe, you know I didn't say as well about all the changes in personnel and stuff. And look, this is probably just a total coincidence. Mm. But... Since Ricky actually re-signed and extended his deal, there has been an exodus of assistant personnel out of the club. I mean, what is the appeal um, to Brett White going to the Titans? But I mean, do you see Brett White or Andrew McFadden as head coaches of our side? They probably see themselves, you know. As That's head- possible, but do you see them as 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 head coaches? I thought it was a possibility. Yeah, but I didn't see them as as head coaches. I don't see Crawley as a head coach at the side. No, either. Crawley's definitely not. Crawley's an old perpetual assistant. 
I, I think you're going to find in the new assistance that comes through, we're going to be seeing someone who is seen as a future head coach. Simon Wolford. Of course, because he's so <laughs> beloved. The German's a beloved player. There. Sam Williams. But going back to the thing, we've got to squeeze the life out of them. We have to, in that first 20 minutes, not concede a try, and we have to squeeze them, and we have to play pressure football. Yeah, I mean... And lock it down to two, systems. There's two things to consider. One is, of course, if um, St. George have already beaten Brisbane. Yeah. It doesn't matter what happens in that game. Obviously, we would like to go into the finals on the back, but you don't want to lose to the Tigers going into the finals. No, not at all. Not at all. You do not want to go into the in finals losing to the Tigers. It's a really and the other thing is, look, we should be far too good for them. And if we were to make the finals, if we were to make the finals, and we can't, like, it's like if if we couldn't beat, like, once uh, the Broncos shut the bed, and our own destiny was in our own hands, and we had to beat Manly and and the Tigers. Well, if we can't do those, we didn't deserve to be in the finals anyway. The worst thing that's happened to us is being the last match of the round this weekend, because it brings back all the pressure on us, and the issue is. We have to expect, and I fully expect that the Broncos are going to beat St. George. I don't think they're going to beat them by a lot, but I think they're going to beat them. Well, it doesn't matter because it, if they if they beat them by anything and we lose, the Broncos are through. Correct. And that puts all the pressure back on us, going to Lokart with a side that's got nothing to lose except for making that statement that they have the power to push stuffing up. They're still going to get the, the spoon, but if they win that match and they've been robbed in, in at least one... You know, looking at the ladder, they can basically say, well, we wouldn't have got last if we hadn't been robbed, and look, we were good enough to do this. You know, and if I were them, that's exactly what I'd be doing. That's exactly what I'd be so doing. So if we were to narrowly beat the Tigers and the Broncos were to handsomely beat St. George, they could still move ahead of us, but they would have to beat them by a lot. So what's the point differential between the two of us is now like... It's 41 points. Yeah. So if we win... Unless, By one the, point. unless the Broncos go on a 50-point spree, and we'll know what that mark is. Yeah. We'll know what that mark is. Our major thing is, if they win by sweet FA, and we get we get rolled over in the top, we lose in the last you know five minutes of the match with two tries going in, that sort of thing. But this is a risk match. Do you know what we haven't mentioned yet when we went through the teams? We haven't mentioned the officials that have been appointed for this no, game. No, no, we have not. Do you know who they are? Yes, I do know who they are. I'm very well aware <laughs> of who they are. The fix might already be in. You the conspiracy think? theorists will tell you that the, the NRL wants the Broncos in the finals. Well, I mean... And I mean, if you're, going, if you're going to appoint two people to fuck us over, Jerry Sutton and Ash Klein would be the two. Yeah, I wouldn't have put... Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, I wouldn't be making accusations that anyone would rig a game in that regard whatsoever. Um, but, yeah, look, the reality there is we know Broncos... I don't think the NRL is seriously is rigged, but... When I used to watch the one-day cricket, you know, when they used to have the tri-series, mm. and it, every now and then it would look like Australia were going to miss out in the final, and then miraculously, whatever one of the teams like the West Indies or Sri Lanka would suddenly just lose all their games to ensure Australia made it in the final. I used to think that was rigged. Really? Yeah. thought it was rigged. Who would have thought that sort of thing would be? I Kerry Parker. I certainly wouldn't have thought that sort of thing was rigged, and then people would talk, yeah, no, that would never happen. But, but see, yeah, the fix is... might be on. The fix might be on. Jerry Sutton, if there's two people... They can fuck us over, whether, you know, through incompetence or otherwise. At the end of the day, if we go out of these finals, if the worst happens and we lose and the Broncos win, or the Broncos have a massive win and we don't have a big enough one, those are the two scenarios where we can go out, right? If that happens, it won't be on this weekend. It will be on the 21-20 loss to the Warriors earlier this season. And it will be solely on that. Matt Lodge. 
that most appalling match that we played. They begged us to win that match. Everyone begged us. They gave us the possession. They gave us the field position. They gave us everything to win. Who was in the video ref that box? Who was in the video box? It didn't come down to that. It came down to us dropping the ball and blowing every opportunity we had and our defence being absolutely appallingly. We gave away a match we should have won every day of the week. And if we miss out the finals, that is squarely where the attention should be setting on. Hi, it's former Canberra Raiders captain Alan Tung here. And you know I don't actually go in footy tipping comps, but if I did, I'd tip the Raiders every week. I'll tell you what else happened at the uh, at the ground on the weekend was uh, the shark disgracing himself. Oh, I missed that because he wasn't because he normally comes and sits with us, mm. and he brings his son. But I don't think he brought his son on the weekend. So oh no, he was... he was too busy breaking the rules. And uh, as you'll hear from him now, it didn't work out so well. All right, what's up? <laughs> it's John, and I'm feeling pretty banged up today. I'm, uh, you know, like after a big win against Manly, there's only one choice, and that choice is to drink 6,000 beers. I mean, I don't regret it at all, no. Do I feel good? Of course not. But that's what you got to do as a Raiders fan. And I'm camped out again at the Woden Southern Cross Club trying to avoid people who think that they're saving the world because they watch AFLW. Other than that, things are looking rosy. Seb Chris is the second coming of Mal Meninga. The, you know... The boots are quaking at the foot of the Blue Mountains. And our premiership launch, our premiership march, our premiership, like marching, like Sherman marching through Georgia. If you don't know what that means, Australians, look it up. Because that's what the Raiders are going to do in the NRL finals. You heard it here first. It's coming home, baby. Football is coming home. Uh, also, on a personal note, I was laughed at all week when I suggested that I could sneak in several cans of Guinness into Bruce Stadium and drink them comfortably. But guess what? I did just that. I snuck in several cans, drank them. I even asked for a cup to drink them. And I said, oh yeah, here, here you go. Here you go, break the law. Doesn't matter, American badass, that's me, sorry. Come and get me, cops. You can't get me, you can't find me. <laughs> uh, all right, sorry, but uh, hey, uh, yeah. Uh, the cops actually, um, they, uh, they did find me. Uh, yeah, they were, uh, they were also, also at the Southern Cross Cup, so I might. Uh, we'll see about next week. Who the fuck knows? All right, go your green things. I love everyone. So there's a lesson in that for all of us kiddies. Don't try and flout the rules at the stadium. Otherwise, the man will come and get you. So I there is now in front of privileges whether or not uh, the Shark will be allowed to sign up for membership again next season, <laughs> having flouting it. Um, there will definitely be a fine. And uh, he's going to be subject to strip searches going into every match henceforth, which unfortunately he'll probably enjoy, wouldn't you say? Because <laughs> he's, uh, he's a strange thing. Now, our, our very own, talking about enjoying strange things, our very own uh, Arnie J actually has managed to get out of remand, but... Um, no, he's, he's, he's on the run. Oh, he's, 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 he's removed his bracelet. Oh, right. yeah, and, um, and he was actually, there was a sighting of him. He was last sighted um, in front of the big bogan. Yeah, he was near the big bogan. In, in, in yeah, yeah, he, so if you see him... Don't yeah, approach don't him. Don't approach He's him. got a, a menacing smile and an Ask Clown beanie. Yeah, ring the authorities and stay far away. Now, he's a little bit off kilter this week because he didn't actually do any stats to do with the Raiders match. He's covered a different match. It's time to... Rev in with Arnie J! G'day, Raiders fans. What a dream result the Broncos have given us the last few weeks. We really couldn't have scripted it any better. And given the fact that we are playing a bottom team this week, I thought I'd change things up and preview the Dragons v Broncos game. 
it's much more exciting for me stats wise so that's selfish i know but the fact is that if the dragons win then our result doesn't matter um but if the broncos win obviously we need to also the Broncos have fallen off a cliff the last five rounds, apart from beating up on a hapless Newcastle in round 22. Against the Knights, they missed 25 tackles versus everyone else. The average, the average was 49. Their all-run metres have mostly been poor to diabolical and they've averaged 15 errors a game. So the question for us fans is well, us Raiders fans, is the Dragons any better and can they win? When we look at the season averages of the Dragons, they are about the same when we look at some KPIs that point towards a win. My models have these uh, as, as you know, these KPIs as well as previous results in our database, the Dragons win probability of 48.78% with a 1% chance of a draw. So it's very much a coin flip. Now, our our old mate and coach, Matthew Elliott, talks a lot about continuity in teams. The Broncos have made plenty of key changes this week, which should help the Dragons' cause. The downside is that the Broncos have a lot to play for and the Dragons don't. So the good news is for us fans, we get to watch two games of real intensity for us this week. The first one, 5.30 on a Saturday the second on a Sunday afternoon, which hopefully won't be a sweat for us because the result won't really matter. Enjoy your weekend of footy and go, you green machine. Now, don't approach him. Don't approach don't, him. He's, uh, he could have honey. He could have anything. He could have bees. Anything could be happening. He could have bees that shoot from dogs' <laughs> mouths. We don't know, but he's he's crazy. He's trouble. But uh, maybe we should look at the extended bench. Who's on the extended bench? Now, I had a bit of feedback last week that people didn't like me changing the theme for the No, nah, that was bench. horrible. Uh, another bit of feedback we forgot to mention as well. Ask Clown of the Week is brought to you by Raiders Plumbing. Oh, it is. You totally forgot that. I Raiders did. Plumbing have had a massive year because not only did they um, sponsor Xavier Savage. Mm, half year. Half yeah. year Savage. They also sponsored this segment. So Raiders Plumbing, I mean, you're just hearing about it more and more, aren't you? You do. It's, it's Everyone's talking and it's it's a buzz. It's a <laughs> buzz around town. It's exciting. Plumbing because Speaking also of Ask Clown of the Week, Yeah. Uh, as was pointed out by the show's number one researcher, mm-hmm. T-Mac, T-Mac, Ask Clown of the Week just celebrated its two-year anniversary. Is that right? Which makes me wonder, this show's been going for like five years, yeah. but Ask Clown of the Week has only been going for two of them. Mm. What the hell did we talk about beforehand? I have no <laughs> idea. I know. Well, I, I, I asked, I posed that question to T-Mac because he recently went back and listened to every single episode. I mean, I don't know how he did it. And what we want to say here is, if you're ever in a place like T-Mac, really reach out to your <laughs> friends, get help, get assistance. You're not alone, okay? You don't need to go and do things like that. But uh, he listened to every episode. I said, what did we talk about before Ask Clown of the Week? And he said it was mainly you talking about trainers on the field and oh, yeah. which refs you are friends with on Facebook. Right. And I was like, God, yeah, that was, I remember and those you, days. And you hacking on Ricky. No, that came later. Um, yeah, I remember those days. It was a boring show back then, wasn't it? I, I listened to the very first show and it was just, I mean, I don't think it's very good quality now, but oh my God, it was, it was even worse. dreadful to start with. I mean, you can understand why people listen to the Green Machine podcast when you hear that tripe, can't you? I mean, if I was ever going to listen to a podcast, you know... You'd listen to Raider Nick after after dark. Hey, you can have a go at Raider Nick all you like. He's a hell of a good, good bloke, and he's very easy on the eyes, you know? If I bat that way, which I don't, Raider Nick, he's built. 
you know, and he's a good bloke. And you know what? He bleeds green. You never have to doubt that he's I saw a, a, a recent photo of him. He's got some very sort of questionable facial hair going on. Anyway, moving yeah. right along. Oh, we were doing the extended bench. That's oh, right. the extended bench. Okay. So on the extended bench for the Raiders is uh, Hopawati, who yes. I think is He's on once again now. unlucky to drop out of drop out of the side. Oh, it's a smokescreen. It's not a smokescreen. <laughs> it's not a smokescreen. There's never a smokescreen, Tim. Never. The only time there's ever been a smokescreen was the Dragon smokescreen for Cody Ramsey, which I correctly pointed out. Oh. That's in the time that we've been doing this show. Because you are the Oracle. Yes, yeah. that's the only time anyone has ever come in off the extended bench. Right. Cody Ramsey. So we've got Hopawati, who I think, yeah, again, played very well against the Tigers. Just his work rate, his effort. Oh, yeah, he's good. You know, good to see Nick Kotrick is back in the side. He's got to, like, he's got to work. He's got to work as hard as Hopawati does, mate. Yeah, yeah. you got to put in. Ball, You're on like need, five I, times the money. I need like... to see the ball returns. I need to see those full-on impacting ball returns where you make good ground and throw it up to them and get a quick play of the ball. That's what you're there for. Get it for me. I After this um, Nick Cottridge deal is over, I never want to see us paying big money for a winger again. I think it's a mistake. I don't think you should have a winger on 600000 when you've got two hookers on combined, you know, probably half that. Yeah, maybe. I think it's okay. I think it's, Who it's else totally on the bench? The Shoe Man. The Shoe Man. Matt Frawley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we line him up to record a shout-out for our 100th episode? If you're thinking that next week when we do our 100th episode, it's going to be this huge cavalcade plan thing with loads of shout-outs and special bits and everything. It's not. I've got a list of all the people who've outright refused (laughs) to say anything nice about us. I could read that. I could read that. There's a lot from the club. There's a lot from the club. So the Shoe Man is... A lot of people on Twitter. Uh, and then Peter Holler, big Peter Holler. He's, yeah, he's yeah. on the extended bench. Yeah. CNK. Yeah. The window is still there for some sort of like mysterious fairy tale. It was, it was so moving, all the CNK stuff on the weekend. I mean, just what an absolutely fantastic guy. Uh, the hucker at the end of the match was something else. Really was very special. Uh, and you'll be glad to know uh, Porklets out there, Razor View with Blake and the Porklets, that I was able to talk to CNK and pass on to him from all of us just how special he was to all of us and how much we loved him in the club um, and how much we hoped him well for the future because uh, he's awesome. We're just, an out, just an outstanding. He's a great dude. human. Just yeah. an outstanding guy. And then Big Adam Mariotta, yeah. who, um, yeah. Just a ball of energy, just bounces around. Big guy, big hair, big smile. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's great. Good. And someone great to have around the club as well. Really and I is. think it will play a lot of minutes next year. He will really step up. So for them, we've got Junior Powger. Uh, we've got James Roberts coming back on the extended bench. Not at the best year. We've got Harry, Henry O'Kane and we've got Brendan Man- Brandon Mansfield. I've heard in that of Powger because he's played and James Roberts and I have not heard the other and they've got Little as their 18th man who I've definitely heard of. Yeah. I'm I, Look, just on the basis of the shoe man's there and Hopawade and CNK, if you're not giving that one to the Raiders, that extended bench, I don't know what. Nah. I don't know uh, Pretty what. much everyone on the Raiders extended bench would get a run in the um, Tigers starting team. Mm, There's no yep. one there I wouldn't have... Yep. Somewhere in that Tiger side. Yep, yep, yep. And for, let's not forget, Frawley has an unblemished record playing in the halves for the Canberra Raiders. Playing in the incredible. halves for the Raiders, it's incredible. He wins every single Don't time. Don't play him at hooker. I never want to see that ever again. Six or seven, <laughs> and you're going to win because he knows how to win. You know, it's one of those things. Don't you know, play him at hooker. Don't question how he wins. He just does He win. almost died that game at he hooker. He did. He did. I don't think he enjoyed his work. But who's got to lift? Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. 
we're going to have to work on that a little bit better, you know? Maybe without Heather here, you're, you're just falling away. You don't take it seriously. CHN's got a lift. He's got a lift. He, he's got his... That well, it depends how much game time he gets. Yeah, but he'll get more game time if that defence just improves. He's just got to really work. He's got to nut down on it. Because you can see, if he fixes up his defensive frailties... That are there. But he can tackle. Them. It's the it's the decision making, the communication. If he figures that stuff out, that guy is a, a starting player in any He's a weapon. Side. He's a weapon. He's a great player. He's a great bloke. Um, you got nothing, but it's those that that thing. He just needs to fix it because with him fixed in that role, he's a real danger. And he adds. Yeah, but adds, where? So where are you playing him and when? If oh, you think when, Whitehead should be on the when, field, when for 80 Whitehead minutes, comes off. No, I don't think he should be on the field for eighty minutes at all. But when Whitehead comes off, CHN does go into that role. But at this stage, CHN should be forcing the decision to get that starting role, not be sitting there on the bench. He's... Yeah, but because of Ricky's love of Elliot Whitehead, he's always going to pick Whitehead over him. Why wouldn't you love Elliot Whitehead? He's fantastic. Great servant of the club. Yeah, but a great, a great servant of the club. Yes, but his best days are behind him, sadly. Anyway, he's a magnificent man. Um, we've also got... Cottridge has to lift. We've talked about it. Get us every week. Returns. Every, every week. week. And Get he, us a ball returns. In, Get us a couple some... of tries. Do something where you're actually punching it, and making it happen. You've got it in you, Nicker. He does. He yeah, does. of course he does. You just you've got all the bits. Go out there and use it. And Tom Starling, Thomas, come on. You've got it in you. You've got it in you. Let's get back to that really dangerous Tom Starling play that you're in. You're backing off. You're going back into your shell. Don't do it. Come out, show everyone what you got. We know what you got. You're fast, you're furious, you can make the holes, you can back them up. Let's go in there and rip them a new one and scare people. His service is the is what he's got to work on in the off-season, really. Yeah, oh, absolutely. He's, he's definitely got to work on it, but he knows about that um, anyway. But um, I believe that something's made you a little bit angry. It's made you want to go, on the burst! Well, it's been a bit of a talking point in the game um, over the weekend, and I noticed it happened a couple of times in our game against Manly. It's yeah. um, trainers calling for HIAs mm. when um, teams are defending their line, and yeah. we 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 saw it. I think it was in the first half. Uh, it was after that collision. Was it Sipley yeah. with Jack Whiten? Yeah. And the trainers come out and done the HIA, and then you know we were right on the attack then, so they waste a few minutes. Um, so Manly gets to sort of recover and uh, the impetus goes out of our attack. And then, of course, the trainer gives a thumbs up and says, no, no he's, right, he's right to keep going. He's right to keep going. But then, of course, the doctor then says, no, he's got to come off the field. So it's it's a lot of stuffing around. And when I mean, we saw it a few years ago with the Melbourne Storm, did the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was different when they were, the, their line was under pressure, be a dropout, oh, quick, we'll bring out a trainer and strap, do some bandages on some dude's knee that obviously didn't need a bandage on, and that'll waste a couple of minutes while we recover before we have to take the drop out. And look, um, Todd Payton has been called Winger for complaining about this very thing over the weekend. But I think Todd Payton's, you know, one of the, the, the brighter coaches around, and I agree with what he said. And yeah, he's on the it, mark. It's, it's, it's a problem, but there's he's always going to be... listening. There's always going to be coaches exploiting rules and mm, loopholes. And, and, and as soon as and as soon as one loophole's closed, another they'll find way. another one. But yeah, I just, it's, it's just... The way that they call out and then waste time going through the HIA process, then to go no, no, he's fine, is is really look, annoying. Look, no, one of the number one roles in any club is the person who sits there and figures out how you can exploit the rules. And no one, no one has been better at it than the Melbourne Storm. You know, they are brilliant at it. Any time a rule comes out, you know the first and most important thing they're doing is figuring out 
how they can bend that one to its advantage. They're out there thinking, right, we know the people who've made these up. When idiots. they're not busy bending limbs, they yeah. like to bend rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bending but, but, necks. But, you know, they're out there figuring, how can you work around this rule? How What, what, advantage, what advantage can we get out of this knee-jerk, half-assed Vlandy's rule that can give us the most advantage? How can we do this to our best advantage? And they worked it out faster than anyone else, which is why a few seasons ago I called for Craig Bellamy to be made to be banned from no, the game to be made this, the, to be rubbed out to make the record chief book. executive of the NRL how is he on the Raiders Hall of Fame he's done more damage to this club than oh god hate Craig to be Bellamy. made to be made the chief executive of the rugby league because if you want to do your home security who's the best person to hire a criminal a criminal <laughs> because they know how you get in if you want to fix and close up loopholes and make are you gut- saying Craig Bellamy is a criminal I'd say he's the best person Crimes against rugby league. He he's should be the charged. best person at Crimes ex- against rugby exploiting league. loopholes. So he should be coming in there and, and actually going it because he'll know how to close them down. And, and the instant someone comes up with a half-hour rule, so if you brought that in, do you know how I'd stuff that up? I'd do this. So <laughs> don't bring that stupid thing in because he'd know. And the great thing about it is, like, oh, no, he'd cheat for the storm. No, he wouldn't. The great thing about Craig Bellamy is he's 100% with whoever he's with. And if he was there, he would How do you know? Because he is. He's a man of integrity. He is. He's exactly what he says he is. He's not lying to you. He doesn't need to. He's not trying to fool you about anything else whatsoever. He's not trying to say shit doesn't stink. He doesn't give a shit what you think. At the end of the day. At the end of the day. (laughs) At the end of the day. Uh, We have to apologise too because Danny Stewart's taken ill this week. Um, Something to do with something printed on a pineapple inserted somewhere. I'm not quite sure. We got a garbled message. A lot of screaming. He'll be back for episode 100. Yeah, in in hopefully numerous guises. I thought I thought with that Sipley incident though, the most amazing thing was he didn't go straight off. It was he was so clearly his eyes were rolling around his head, smacked. He went in for the big hit on White and copped yeah. the bad side of it. He had to come off immediately. The fact the trainer even thought they. But then did the, the trainer did the thumbs up and it's like oh you could see yeah he had to come off. But he passed he passed the HIA without trouble, like without trouble off the field like it wasn't I, I thought did you see him do the test no no but we were told really early in the piece that he passed it like what he, do you have to do gonna, I don't know it's in, something on it's, an it's iPad in the back of the, isn't it's, it it's the back of the tunnel I, I don't see it but usually they get the shells and they're like where's the pee under and they didn't have any doubt that he was going to pass it and then he did so you know that was that was the thing um, but there are in fact reasons to be cheerful reasons to be cheerful part three One, two, we just need a win to return to the finals, you know? Yeah. Last year sucked. We didn't make the finals, and we all saw it as a waste of thing. But this if we get a win... To, to make... To finish in eighth position uh, under Ricky Stewart's stewardship has never happened at the Raiders before. Mm. We've always either done really well, like top four or five, mm. or we've just completely crashed and burned. Yeah. And this will be the first time we've actually... And I mean, look... Win loss. If we what are we going to finish on? If we beat the Tigers, at fourteen wins and yeah, fourteen wins, ten, 10 losses. losses. That's not a bad record. In in but even if we lose it, we'll have won more than we've lost. Yeah, so we've improved on last season in a more difficult situation because we've lost a few players and things haven't gone quite right. And somehow from really, you know, what was it? We were two one and six lost at one stage. Yeah, after we lost that game to the Warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We lost was... five in a row or something yeah, and yeah, I yeah. thought we were getting the spoon and yeah, you yeah. wanted to quit the show and I still want to quit was, the show. That, I was that, sorry, that wasn't influenced by that. I wanted to quit the show for a long, long time. Um, I wanted to quit the show before it started. Look, but yeah, the issue was, you know, back at that point in the season, when, you, when you're looking at where we were, 
we were down there sitting at second last second second last looking really bad people talking about you know this is the worst Ricky's thing. lost the dressing lost room, the dressing room yeah. all that sort of shit we're down there and things aren't looking very good at all so we've come into the season let's just recap you know when we're looking at reasons to be cheerful where we've come from right so round one, we get away with Hudson Young scoring that try to beat the Sharks, you know, the last gasp after they ran us down. Then we get flogged up in North Queensland, 26-6. Then we come back from the dead against the Gold Coast Titans to be 2-3. and three. And at that stage, that's the last time we were in the eight. Then we go to Mudgee, get flogged by the Seagulls. Then we get flogged by the Melbourne Storm down in Wagga. Then we get beaten yeah. at home by North Queensland. Then we go to Penrith, get done 36-6. Then the horrible match against the Warriors where we lose 21-20 in a match we can't lose. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. That We're two and six. We won two, lost six. We're second last on the ladder. Things are looking bad. To come back from that, to be 13-10 now, so we've lost four matches and won 11 in that time. And that's brilliant. Okay, so it started with getting on our hands and knees against the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, 14-4. Then we beat the Sharks, an actual contender yeah. away at Suncorp Magic Round, 30-10. Magic Round was really the turning point. And that was the game that um, Zach Wolford came into the side yep. on you know a day's notice or whatever. Yeah. And it was from that point on that it really felt as though you know we'd found Thing, a new lease of life. And and that's when Tarpany really went it started going on. Started his, going on. And on then we tear. had the South Sydney win, which took us all by surprise. Uh, it was an effort, excellent effort, thirty-two twelve. We lost to Parramatta after that at home. But we were competitive, and that was really when Schneider had gone out and Fogarty had come back in, and there was the defensive lapses. Then we beat the Rooters in round 13. We unfortunately blew that match against the Broncos after that, where we really thought we were on I the run. That chastened us. We managed to steal the match against the Knights, where you left early. No one's forgot that. We got robbed With good against, reason. We got robbed against George reason. Illawarra in that filthy rain match. Then we went down to Melbourne, beat the Storm. Then we took revenge on the Warriors, 26-14. Then we flogged the, the the Gold Coast Titans. Unfortunately, once more capitulated to the Penrith Panthers at home. But what do you do? It's the Penrith Panthers. You know, you take the Panthers and the Cowboys out of the, the teams in the eight, though. We've beaten the Sharks beaten twice. We've beat sides. Storm. Or we right. haven't beaten the Eels, but we've only played them once. But we've beaten the Storm. We've beaten the Roosters. We've beaten the Rabbitohs. You know, we've got a pretty decent record against the majority there. of teams in and, top eight. And this is the thing in coming up. So if we lose, right, and the Broncos win, season's over, right? Or if we win, but the Broncos win by a hell of a lot, season over. I don't think the second one's going to happen. The first one, I reckon, is a 50-50 coin toss. I really think. You think that they're going to beat the Dragons and then we're going to lose to the Tigers. And I, that's think 50 -50. I think it's distinct risk. I can, I can see no. I, I'm terrified of this. I'm terrified Stop being of so this. pessimistic. But if we win... Then um, I'm predicting the Raiders are going to win Eels. at Leichhardt by 56. We play the Eels if they lose to the Storm. If they lose to the Storm, but if yep. the Storm win, we play. I'm tipping the Parramatta. Eels in I'm tipping Parramatta to beat the Storm. I, I, I think so too. But if Parramatta beat the Storm, then we play the Storm in Melbourne. If the Storm beat the Eels, then we play the Eels in Sydney. Unless no, I thought we play the Roosters then, don't we? No, nah, unless. The Rabbitohs beat the Roosters, in which case we'll play the Rabbitohs in Sydney because they will jump over the top of the Eels and take fifth spot. I thought that it was either we play the Storm if Parramatta beat them, or uh, we play. Is the, there a world where the, the Eels can get jumped over by um, the Roosters? Yeah, okay, they're for and against is much better. Yeah, okay. So if Parramatta lose to the Storm, the Roosters will... You're right. The Roosters yeah. will go over the top and we'll play the yeah. Roosters in Sydney. 
Yep. So those are two. It's either Storm or Roosters. Storm or Roosters. Yeah. Um, I would rather play the Storm. Uh, with that vague chance that Parramatta lose to the Storm and that South Sydney beat the Roosters. And if that happens, then the Ro- South Sydney will jump into fifth, Parramatta will go down to sixth, Roosters will go down seventh, and we'll play South Sydney. So that's the other one. So it's My either. least preferred option of the three scenarios is playing the Roosters. I think the Roosters are, are the absolute smokies to go all the way now. Losing Lindsay Collins for a couple of weeks isn't going to help them because their bench depth disappears. Nah, they've got I, some good players there. I, I, no, I'm certain they do. I, I think they can actually go all the way there. Um, South Sydney, I think, are starting to get weaker at this this end of the season. But we've got a great record. We've got the best record of anybody going down Amy Stadium winning. I know. The best. I know. I don't want to do that. If I had to choose out of any of those ones at the moment, the yeah, one Rabbitohs. I would choose, I'd go for the Rabbitohs. But I think that's the least likely to happen because that Melbourne has to beat Parramatta away from home. I think Parramatta's got... So I think they'll probably Do you win. really want... like you th- I'm thinking about the, the South Sydney option, right? And we've kind of talked about the, the edge that the Raiders are weakest on defensively mm. is our right edge, yeah. which is South Sydney's left edge, which is where they score try after try after all their attack goes. Yeah, I know. Do we really want Whitehead? Do we really want Whitehead, Fogarty, Timiko and Rapana coming up against that edge? No, maybe not, but... The other option is is Melbourne Storm down in Melbourne. Okay, that might be a better option, especially if they cop an injury here or there, because they are really are flying on spare parts. But Nash can do no wrong, and they're due for a win against us down there. They really are. Yeah. So I mean, none of the options are good. None of the options are good. Uh, I guess the most likely here is Parramatta for mine is going to beat Melbourne. Melbourne's going to go in fifth. We're going down to Melbourne. Yeah. But yeah, let's not on the back of, of a 56, 56 to nil win. Over the Tigers, so we'll go in there full of confidence. That would be really, really show good. some positivity, Tim. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll try. I'll try. Well, if it was a hundred point win, we could actually, you know, jump a little bit higher if other people do stuff and, and not get in that thing. You got a listener of the week for us? We do. So, listener of the week is um, it's Josh Button from the Bats and Balls podcast. Nice, very Josh. good podcast. You should check it out sometime. And Josh Button is in fact an Eels fanatic. He is. Who um, says he doesn't listen to any Eels podcasts because he doesn't like them, but he's Quite a fan of this show and enjoys listening to it. Well, so, again, if you're in the position like Josh, you are not alone. Reach out to friends. <laughs> reach out to family. Get support. He's actually, he does he does some night shift work, which is where I think he... <laughs> yeah, right. Because <Goodness laughs> you see, he sent me a message at like 2.30am saying he was listening to the show. So. Oh, goodness gracious, Josh. Come on. In the dark hours, you know. And, and as as uh, Blarke pointed out on Twitter the other day, yes, both Blake and I were... Men of the blue and gold before the Raiders. We were. I was. I was a, a zealot and a devotee to Peter Sterling and uh, Eric Groth, the, the guru. Loved them both. Loved them. Steve Ella, Ray, Ray Kenny, Ray Price. I know what people think of Ray Stan Jurd. Stan Jurd, <laughs> the cork. Oh my goodness, Steve Edge. I come from St George, but gee, he made that team something else. You know, you can't win out without a good hook. He, he played in the '77 Grand Final for the Dragons. Yeah, he did. And then he went over. To, then he went over. Yeah. Jack Gibson brought him across, yeah. and uh, gee, didn't make that well. Tr- three premierships is all you need to know about that. You know, three premierships. Steve Edge, great player there. So you're a listener of the week for us. Or what? Oh yeah, you already did that. Yeah, it's not like I'm not even listening. No, I know. It's like I'm not even listening, cause, mostly because you're an idiot and I don't care what you think. Because um, you love the sound of your own voice. Why not? Uh, Raiders review with Blake and the Port competition. Right, we're coming to the end of this season now. People, you know, and it's still wide open at the moment for who's going to win it. 
Get your Raiders by 56 poster up there. Get your Ask Clown beanie onto the telly. Get it somewhere like that. Make sure we all know about it. And you could be in the winning to win our prize for the year, the Audio Technica turntable, the Jalapenos, the Honey, the John Sharkey LP and T-shirt, the Matt Heather Locklear Leneves 8x10 Glossy, the Landspeed Record Voucher, the Raiders by 56 beanie. No, the Raiders Ask Clown beanie. The last of the Ask Clown beanies. And, you know, or if you want to rate it, if you've already got an Ask Clown Beanie, which presumably most of the people entering this competition Probably already do. have, you, you can have a rate, you can specify to have a rate six, But it's there, so get it out there. Like Art Abel's going to be humming, it's going to be packed. A lot of you have been going up there. Get the stuff on there, rep the show. Um, and that, that would be really, really good because, you know, I don't know, what, how many of us listening to us? 15? 17 now? No, nah, it's about five, it's between five hundred and six hundred an episode. Really? Uh, yeah, as many you as that. You've got nothing better to do with your time. <laughs> as many as that. Uh, you sure it's just not my mum? Is it the Channel Nine game on Sunday? It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. Raiders by fifty six banner at Leichhardt on Channel Nine. Yeah, do it. Or, 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 Blake is an idiot. Hashtag place your pork. That would be magnificent. I, I personally will drive the prize to your house if you do that banner. You were going to drive it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I did anyway. And I did a lot of drop-offs just recently, you may have seen, to very happy people who happen to love the jailbirds, honey. Arnie J, wherever you might be out there. Last seen at the Big Bogan. Anyway, I think that's this, us done, unless there's something else you want to talk no, about. No, there's another entry in there. I'm just going to shout out Tom's Darlings for his uh, entry in the um, Show Your Ass competition. A very strange photo of him wearing a T-shirt from uh, Rubbish on the Face. Oh, I love that Rubbish <laughs> on the Face. So badly drawn rugby league. Um, did his Cam Smith rubbish on the... On the and you can get it via League Tees. And you get it League Tees. Um, great supporter of this show. It is one of the great T-shirts of all time. Go on, on, go to League Tees, rubbish on the face T-shirt. You will not be disappointed. It is a magnificent piece of work. It is magnificent. Do you know how to find stuff on the internet or do you need me to send you the link? No, I have Have my, you worked out Google I, yet? Or I have, you, you're, still trying to use, you're still trying to use Ask Jeeves? Uh, no, I use Alta Vista. Alta Vista and NetSpeed. That's Yahoo. Yahoo. Uh, but my MySpace worst page doesn't seem to be working anymore. I don't know why. I can't up- update my uh, my pictures or any of my about me's. Who's seem- in your top eight? Who's in my top eight? Well, top eight? No, I don't know. It's hard to say. Well, for a starter, I like the, 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 the rub of um, young Matt Singh's jib. Very good player. I think we can see big things from him. Um, I don't know. Who else have you got in yours? No, we had your top eight. Were you? you no, I was eight, never you, on MySpace. No, you. To, well, so you had your top eight. Yeah. Right. Then they were your, your top eight friends. Right. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, never on MySpace. Don't know. There you go. Never done. Anyway, you've been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast on the internet, coming to you from the filthiest store in buried somewhere in the bowels of Civic. We will never reveal, will we, Blake? No, the location of which we will never reveal. No, we won't. What did I say? You said we'll never reveal. But anyway, it's okay. It's fine. Right. It's fine. Anyway, we'll talk at you again soon.